Hello, dog lovers. This is Krista with episode number 29 on the Wag Out Loud podcast. How about we dive right into today's canine fun fact? A dog's heart beats between 70 and 120 times a minute compared with a human heart, which beats 70 to 80 times a minute. Welcome to the Wag Out Loud podcast, where we cater to dogs and the people who love them, bringing you helpful tips on canine health care, nutrition, and overall well-being. I'm your host, Krista Karpowicz, and I am super excited to be bringing you yet another tail-wagging episode. Well, this episode is sure to have tails wagging. I have the pleasure of speaking with Sasha Packer all the way from Sydney, Australia. And she is a New Zealander who lives with a Great Dane and two foster failed dogs. Sasha has played and competed in agility, nose work, confirmation obedience, and two of her dogs have their champion trick titles. She formed, yes, I I can't wait to find out more. Uh, Sasha has formed the Balanced Canine, and she did that when her 13-year-old Great Dane developed degenerative myopathy, and no one could help her. The practice is multimodality, and the main services are soft tissue, adjustments, fitness, and nutrition. Sasha is an advocate for fresh food with a special passion for gut health and how that relates to the overall health, behavior, and well-being of a dog. Sasha, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you for having me. Well, this is a topic near and dear to my heart, feeding a natural diet with ease. I think I first want to ask you about your bio mentioned that you had a 13-year-old Great Dane. Wow, that is kind of unheard of to have a Great Dane live so long. Do you actually attribute that to a natural diet? Well, when I very first adopted Leela, um, I was not on my journey at that time. I was doing what most of the world does, the most loving, caring pet parents, and that was to feed a kibble, and that was to feed Uh, a kibble that I thought was good quality. No, I I wouldn't say at that time um, I got her as between a two to four year old dog and my journey started partway through her life. So it's it's never too late to start. Um, And I definitely think that the diet full of antioxidants is something that slowed down her degenerative disease um, as it really started to take hold of her. But I think she's a really good example to sort of show that even if you start off with a processed diet, it really is never too late to to start providing a healthy uh, species-appropriate diet to your dog. And can you explain to the listeners what exactly is a natural diet? Is that the same as a raw diet? So a natural diet to me doesn't have to be raw. Everybody comes at a fresh food diet in a different way, and that's what I like to call it. I like to call it a fresh food diet. So it can either be a cooked fresh food diet, it can be a raw um, fresh food diet, it can be a combination of the both of them. So really to me, what it is, we're not necessarily trying to mimic exactly what our dog's ancestors ate because it would be impossible to replicate that. It is trying to respect their digestive systems in the way that Mother Nature set it up to feed them foods that are 
are highly bioavailable to them. And that is ideally going to be in a raw form. But if a dog can't eat a raw diet, the pet parent isn't quite comfortable with that, then feeding a lightly cooked uh, fresh food diet is and it's natural as well. Right. And in your opinion, why is fresh food better than processed? You know, a lot of people feed the kibble or the canned food. Yeah, I think we have to have a look at our own diets to really understand this because I find that if I just talk about feeding a fresh food diet to dogs without addressing what humans understand a fresh food diet is to them, it, it doesn't really take hold. When I, I'll give you an example. I had a client here recently, a new client, and they were you could see physically that they were very fit, they were very healthy, they were very into um, what is called a paleo diet, yet the dogs that they had were quite overweight. They were fed a processed diet, the coats were very dull. And so when I was talking to them about fresh food diets, I'm not sure that it really kind of made sense. So I sort of spoke to them about what a fresh food diet and a healthy diet meant to them. We all know as humans what is a healthy diet for ourselves, right? Like we, we just understand that. We understand that that's fresh food, whether you're a vegetarian or paleo or whatever it is, we understand that fresh food is healthy. We know that Mother Nature made our bodies to consume this kind of food, to, to get energy from it, and that's what fuels our body. So it only makes sense that that is the food that we fuel our dog's bodies with. We have to really remember, I don't know about America, but here in Australia, a kibble-based diet has only been available for the last 50 to 60 years. And we really do forget that. We forget what dogs are actually eating before that kibble-based diet came through. I think um, maybe in America it was the 1930s. So we really just have to understand what is a healthy diet for a human being, and it is no different to what a healthy diet is for, for a dog. And why we want to feed that is because it's healthy, right? It's, it's where we pull energy from naturally. It's what the, the gut bugs in our digestive system are craving to eat. It's what fuels our mental health as well as our um, good digestion and organ health. I totally agree. So what do you say when people tell you, oh, feeding natural is scary or seems expensive, time-consuming, confusing? Yeah. Well, I think we have to address each one one by one. To start with, let's have a look at it's scary. It is absolutely scary when kibble processed food has been completely normalized in our society. So that's all we know how to feed. These manufacturers have drummed into pet parents and they've drummed into our vets as well. I'm not sure what the state is in America, but here in Australia, when your vet goes to vet school, their education is sponsored by the likes of Royal Canin and also Hill Science Diet. So they believe wholeheartedly that this dry food is the best food that you can feed your dog. So they're really going to believe that, right? And why it's scary is because when we have a look at what we're told by our vets is that we and the manufacturers that we need to feed a complete and balanced diet, that's all we see, right? We see, well, I don't know how much magnesium I'm meant to feed. I don't know how much vitamin C I'm meant to feed. Oh my gosh, if I feed too much vitamin D from liver, I'm going to give my dog some sort of toxic condition and they may die. But what we actually forget is that our dog's ancestors didn't have that chart in front of them. They didn't have a chart to say, well, today you can only eat about 23 grams of liver. That's all you're allowed to have. Otherwise, you might get a toxic condition and you might actually die. So pet parents, they feel scared because the whole society around them, their vet, their whole support system is telling them that this is a really bad idea. And it's sad because our vets are the people that we trust. And unless they've done postgraduate education that's non-biased, 
uh, in nutrition, they're wholeheartedly going to believe that a fresh food diet can be very dangerous for your dog and even for the people that live with the dog. So that's one thing. Now, let's have a look at the expense. If we have a look at how much a fresh food, healthy diet will cost for us as a human being, we understand that that is going to be more than a processed diet. It is very sad that the world that we live in today, that we can go and buy McDonald's, a whole meal, much cheaper than we can actually buy a fresh food diet. That's just the way it is, okay? So when you actually get into fresh food feeding and you start to find out who suppliers are, where you can actually get these different contacts, you can actually make it for around about the same price. But initially, when you're very first starting out, it is going to be a little bit more expensive. I think that parents should be very well aware um, that it's very reasonable that, that a healthy diet for your dog is going to be more expensive than a kibble, because what does kibble have in it? Very cheap ingredients. They need those starches to actually bind that kibble together, such as the rice, the potatoes, those legumes, they all add different things to the diet, but most of the time they're just there to bind the kibble together. So they're very cheap things. You look at grain type kibbles that are very high in corn and wheat. Those are very, very cheap things, but they're also not appropriate, species appropriate ingredients to feed our dogs. So if we want to feed a fresh food diet, we have to understand it is going to cost a little bit more initially than it is going to be to feed a dry based diet. It's almost like if you went to the chemist and, and you just want to buy a product like that we have here, maybe called Sussagen, which is a um, like a maybe a protein shake with lots of vitamins and minerals, you could survive on that, but you know that that's not probably going to be the best for your health long term every single day. Sure. I can't imagine, you know, a lot of dogs do eat the same thing every day and I couldn't do that myself. So why should we do that to our dogs? Yeah. Yeah, it's it's kind of it's kind of scary when you think about that. And we just had a recent incident here, and I believe that you had the same um, overseas there as well. Is that Hill Science Diet had the vitamin D? Yeah, the issue that there was too much vitamin D in some of their products. Now the problem that we have is when we're feeding the same product day in day out. If there's some sort of issue with that food, then you're going to be really getting the brunt of that. With fresh food feeding, we're feeding a variety of ingredients on rotation just like how we eat a healthy fresh food diet. So you're trying to avoid underdoing or overdoing any one nutrient. When you're feeding um, a set formula every single day, you're potentially underdoing some nutrients and potentially overdoing some nutrients if something goes wrong with the formula. And the other thing we have to consider is that these commercial diets actually have synthetic nutrients in them. So when you have a look at the ingredient panel and they list vitamin and minerals, those are synthetic. Now we actually know via studies, and we've still got a long way to go in this regard, that our bodies, the same as our dog's bodies, can't actually utilize those vitamins and minerals in a synthetic form the same way as we can with fresh food nutrients. Now, one of the reasons for this is that we're still very early in our science. If we take vitamin C, for example, there are so many different components in vitamin C that we haven't even discovered yet. So how can we mimic that and create a vitamin C supplement? It, you know, these things don't work in isolation. They're synergistic. They work together. So if we can't figure out all those little components that are within a supplement, a vitamin, a mineral, we, we really can't recreate it and then ask the body to synthesize it the same way it does a fresh food. So that's another one that I talk about a lot. Like, how do we expect our, our dogs to be healthy when we're giving them synthetic food? It's, it's hard. And what conditions does a fresh food diet address? 
Oh, gosh. Where do we start? Um, (laughs) There was a fascinating study um, out of New Zealand. Now, I'm going to talk about human studies here because the the gut and the human and the canine, we have no reason to believe it's any different. So in New Zealand, they did this fascinating study um, where they took people that um, were on antidepressant medication and they actually put them on to a special micronutrient diet to address their gut health. Now, I believe a large portion, if not all, of those participants were able to get off their antidepressant medication and they were able to transfer onto this micronutrient mix that's now available in New Zealand if you were to get a prescription for it from your doctor. So we have to understand that the mental health of our dogs, and I think the mental health of our dogs has actually got worse as time has gone on. What we expose them to in their environment is just crazy, like all the chemicals that we expose them to. I'm not talking necessarily about vaccinations and things like that. I'm talking about the plug-in air fresheners that we have, the things that we put on our carpet to, to keep their smell away and things like that. All these things that we put in the air that fall to the ground where our dogs are, they get exposed to all these things. Now, all these chemicals will actually play havoc on their gut health. The gut health is the second brain to the body. Therefore, if we are making it an imbalanced state, then it's going to affect not not just our health well-being going forward, but also their mental health. So dealing with issues like anxiety, that's one of the biggest things that I actually see an improvement on when we get a dog cross over to a fresh food diet. We see a reduction of that manic state, especially in those working breeds, such as Border Collies. Here in Australia, we we see this increase in this manic state that they have. It's almost like they live in the state of anxiety, but they're ready to work and they're high drive. And then we're fueling their bodies with highly inflammatory foods, such as dry foods, and we wonder why they're mental. But if we can take away that highly inflammatory food and feed them something that their body actually knows what to do with, we can bring that state down. And also, if we're looking at breeding dogs as well, it takes about three or four generations of feeding a fresh food diet that you can improve the reproduction of dogs. So often now, our dogs have to go to reproduction specialists just to fall pregnant. That's crazy. Like, how is that survival of the fittest, you know? So a fresh food diet is just giving the body what it needs to actually function properly. I think that's as simple as it is. And since you are a proponent of gut health, do you advise pet parents to include pro and prebiotics as well? Or do you believe that that can be achieved through the food itself? No, I definitely think that we we need to uh, provide probiotics and prebiotics. A lot of people will come into this conversation and say, well, you know, their ancestors weren't eating kefir and fermented vegetables and a probiotic supplement. Yes, but our dogs aren't their ancestors. They live in a very different time with all this environmental pollution that plays havoc on their gut health. Our dogs would be a lot healthier if they lived like their ancestors. So definitely I would suggest a probiotic. I would also recommend that you don't stick to one brand of probiotic, that you actually rotate at the end of each bag or each bottle, that you're rotating. So you're actually um, exposing your dog to different strains of bacteria. Because if you stay with the same thing again and again and again, they're really not getting much variety. And it's that variation of gut flora which makes a healthy animal. So for my own dogs, I'll feed a probiotic. I'll feed kefir, fermented vegetables, raw green tripe if you can get it. Here in Australia, it's actually illegal, so we kind of have to get it on the black market. Anything that is living food, we want to give our dogs. 
Now, that living food is only going to be able to go so far if we can't actually feed it. So what actually feeds that good gut bacteria is prebiotics. So prebiotics come in the form of plant matter, and you can get different forms of prebiotic fibers, fibers, well, foods that are very high in prebiotic fiber, which we have to be a little bit careful with, because if we, we try and give all these good things, we could end up with a very gassy dog. So we always want to start small. Like if you haven't been feeding vegetables to your dogs, we want to start small and then start to build up. So that's really important, especially when we're dealing with dogs that have um, dysfunctional digestive systems. There are some breeds that are like that. My own breed, a Great Dane, is scientifically known to have a different digestive system. Our little squishy breeds like our French Bulldogs um, and other dwarf type breeds, we tend to find that their digestive systems um, are very um, temperamental as well. So if we overload them on all these good fibers, we can create a very upset tummy. Yes. And Let's take today. What did you feed your dogs today? What would be included in a typical fresh food meal? Right. Okay. Well, they get something different pretty much every day, but that doesn't necessarily mean that's the right way to do it. Whatever way that people can do it is great. So uh, today in the bowl, I have three different dogs. So they all sort of get something different. I have one Great Dane um, that can eat lots of food. Um, I have a little Labrador cross who can't eat much food because he just looks on food and puts on weight. So this morning, that little Labrador cross actually had bone broth for his breakfast. Um, so he's actually having a fasting day today. So I fast him once a week. And if I don't fast him once a week, we find that his weight can be a little bit challenging. He can actually get by. He's about a 13 kilo dog. I'm not sure what that is in pounds, but um, he can get by on around about 25 grams of food a day, which is the like less than the palm of your hand so he's pretty much an air fern he doesn't need to eat much and then we have a puppy and um, the puppy is four months old so she's eating quite a good volume of food um, today in her bowl she had horse she had beef a turkey wing she had um, a mixture of plant matter so in that mix of plant matter I look to feed these prebiotic fibers in there and also other plant matter such as quinoa, cooked quinoa, that is really good for digestive health. Uh, she also got some bone broth, um, some rosehip, and she's getting a supplement at the moment. I think you can get it over there. It's by a company called Canine Power. It's called Puppy Gold. And it provides her antioxidants and a variety of different compounds that I would find very difficult to feed in the amount that I want to feed her in just a normal diet. Because she's going to be a large breed dog, they actually have a higher need for antioxidants when they're babies to give them a longer lifespan. So we're actually supplementing her at the moment until she's about six months old to try and give her the best possible start we can. So with the Dane this morning, oh gosh, he, he had all sorts. He had quail eggs and duck eggs. He had beef. He had bone broth. He's getting a variety of different supplements at the moment because we believe he has a neurological condition, which is um, not diagnosed at the moment. And so we're trying to deliver different supplements to him that could potentially help with a neurological condition to kind of slow it down a little bit. So when we look at his diet, we really look at an anti-inflammatory diet. So we use plant matters like berries and mangoes and things like that to try and lower the inflammation that's being put into his body. Those are some lucky dogs. Yeah. I mean, but, you know, some days we, we have days that we just kind of go, I can't be bothered. I don't have anything in the freezer. So we will have a commercial product on hand. You know, you get little bath patties and plastic wrap. So we will always have those things in our freezers because seriously, some days you can't be bothered. You get home from work late. Um, you forgot to get something out. 
you know, those are great days to have bath patties. My dogs will actually get a meal in the morning when the little one's not fasting. Um, so they'll get what we call bath. I don't think you call it that, but um, biologically appropriate food. So it's pretty much meat, bone, offal, and plant matter. In the evening, they'll actually have a bone meal, and that bone meal is a meaty bone. It might be a turkey carcass. For the puppy, it might be a chicken wing. For the little lab cross, it might be a kangaroo neck. It'll be whatever's you know around and available at this time. And with our bones, we make sure that we rotate through them as well because chickens are really great bone to give but because it's high in omega-6 which is an inflammatory thing we don't want to be feeding it constantly day in day out so we make sure just like our fresh food diet that we're constantly rotating through different things they might get horse neck or beef brisket it just depends what's available at the time right and Sasha, I know that uh, even though you were in Sydney, that you do consults for people that are not local. What does a typical nutritional consult look like with you? First of all, we have to find out what their pet parent wants to actually achieve. Sometimes they just want to know that what they're feeding is okay. They sort of want to be given permission to go ahead and keep doing what they're doing. Or they might have a particular condition, although I don't consult on medical conditions, they might have a dog that you know, has some digestive issues or has some skin issues and they want to just tweak their diets a little bit. But a typical um, session, you'll let me know what you're trying to achieve with your dog's diet. You'll let me know what they're feeding at the moment, what your budget is, because that's really important, and what sort of foods you actually have access to. Sometimes people live in areas where they might not have access to an abattoir or a raw feeding shop. So we actually need to make sure that we can actually give them ideas of what they can feed that are actually local to them. I do provide AFCO, NRC, FEDIAF, Complete and Balanced Diet if people really feel that they need to do that. My preference is to feed a much more casual diet, just like how we eat ourselves. Like when we eat ourselves, we don't get out the calculator and, you know, we're not calculating micronutrients and macronutrients. We just know what a fresh food diet is, right? Mm -hmm. um, so we use some guidelines for that and they're really easy. It's like, you know, percentage of meat, percentage of offal and a percentage of plant matter um, and making sure that we address gut health within that as well. So whatever that pet parent needs, whether it be an actual recipe or just some ratio guidelines, we just work with whatever they need. Great. And if you have somebody that's not ready to go fully natural, what else could they feed? The first thing I would say to a pet parent is the easiest thing that you, you can do, and I have a fresh food uh, group that actually promotes this, and it's to reduce your dry food by 20%. That's a really easy thing because it doesn't actually seem that much. And start to replace it with fresh food. I don't care if that's the cooked veggies from your dinner, as long as it doesn't have onions and sauces and things like that in it. Raw meat, some bones, some tin tuna, some tin salmon, sardines, things like that. So start to think what, what a dog would actually eat if they weren't eating kibble and start to incorporate that into your dog's dry food and provide them a variety of food on rotation. So not every day you're going to give canned sardines. You might give... Um, some blueberries one day, you might give um, some meat the next day, you might give scraps the next day or a bone the next day. Just start thinking about what dogs actually eat and start incorporating that into your dog's diet. And it really doesn't have to be a lot. We've actually found out through studies at the University of Helsinki that just that 20% makes a big difference in your dog's health and well-being going forward. That's great advice. And Sasha, before we start to wrap up here, 
Do you have any success stories that stand out of a dog that you did switch to fresh food and how that changed their lives? Yeah, absolutely. I'll give you an example of a dog that was actually returned to a breeder. This is a a little breed dog that can be quite highly strung. She had actually, she was just away with the fairies. She just couldn't focus on anything. She was just all over the place. Her digestive system was not very good. So we actually took her in. And at the same time, we do a, a thing called conditioning here, which is using fitness equipment, inflatable equipment to kind of, it's kind of like obedience training, but in a more kind of fun way and getting them focused. But at the same time of doing that, we actually changed her diet to give her this fresh food diet. And I can tell you within a week, that dog was a turnaround. The inflammation levels in her body had dropped and you could actually start to see her be able to focus before she couldn't even make eye contact with you just because she was just so erratic. But then when we reduced inflammation in her body, she was actually able to calm down and actually see what we needed from her. Um, there's actually another case. I forget about this one. I don't know why. The dog has just turned two. I think you would call it Craigslist over there. We call it Gumtree here. And it was a little Great Dane puppy. And he was advertised as a miniature Great Dane. And I remember ringing them and said, you know, well, what's he crossed with? you know they said nothing he's just a runt and I was like okay cool so we uh, get him picked up and I get him delivered and now to give you an example a seven to eight week old Great Dane puppy would be about eight to nine kilos and this puppy on arrival was 1.9 kilos and I was like oh, oh he has to be crossed with something <laughs> like a chihuahua or something like this is this is crazy this, this puppy is <laughs> you know not good so the next day we actually took him to get his bloods done and when that blood test came back oh my gosh it was scary the parameters were just so bad he was over and under in so many different areas I think there were probably only two normal profiles within that and at that point, we thought, oh, my gosh, I, I don't think this dog is going to survive. Like, this is crazy. Immediately the day he arrived, we actually put him on a fresh food diet, paid a lot of attention to his gut health. At this point, this dog couldn't even walk. He would walk a few steps and fall over. He couldn't lift his head to look at you. He was being fed things like uh, crumpets. I'm not sure what they would be called. They're, they're like a breakfast bread as such. Completely inappropriate for a dog. Some roast beef. Uh things like that, just really inappropriate diets. We had him for the course of six months where over that time he was actually diagnosed with a condition called HOD, H-O-D. It's not uncommon in Great Danes who um, are fed a very poor diet as they're being raised, but we saw that dog, we do um, regular blood tests, and it was just so awesome to actually see the validation of the diet actually being shown in the blood work. Every month he just got better and better and better. And there was nothing else that was really happening other than giving this dog a diet that Mother Nature intended so his body knew what to do with those nutrients and could actually fight the inflammation that was in his body. So at around about, oh, I think he was about seven or eight months of age when um, we adopted him out. I just saw a photo of him. He's nearly two and he is a standard size Great Dane now and he's got a beautiful healthy coat and, you know, he's a great dog. So you know, food heals. Food is medicine, right? We know that. We just need to put it into practice. Oh, I love that story. Thank you for sharing. Pleasure. Well, as we wrap up, I just wanted to let everybody know that I found Sasha on the Fresh Food Feeding for Dogs Facebook group. And that's a group that she and Brittany Young, who is also a canine nutritional advisor, um, they both manage it. And it's a great community of people who want to learn more about how to add fresh food to their dog's diet. 
And they do stress that kibble feeders are also welcome. Mm -hmm. So Sasha, I want to say thank you so much for creating such an amazing platform. I really encourage people to go check it out. And Sasha, as we wrap up, where can everyone find out more information about you and The Balanced Canine? We're available on two platforms. So Facebook, you'll find us under The Balanced Canine Sydney. And also on the internet, you'll find it thebalanced-canine.com. Wonderful. Well, we do appreciate your time here. Again, listeners, uh, Sasha does offer consults on nutrition, whether you are there in Sydney or anywhere in the world. So feel free to reach out to her. She knows a lot. And Sasha, we will definitely have you on again. And we appreciate you being here. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for listening to the Wag Out Loud podcast. If you enjoy the show, please be sure to subscribe, and we'd love to hear your comments. You can find out more by visiting wagoutloud.com, and there you'll find great product recommendations and fantastic resources. That's also where to visit our Bark About It page, where you can suggest topics, guests, or products. I appreciate you. Catch you next time.